Welcome to the Top 3 by E3, a monthly podcast about the intersection between engineering, energy, and project finance. I'm Ginger Elbaum, Managing Director at E3, and I'll be your host today. Uh, today, I'd like to introduce Jason Hahn. Welcome, Jason. Hi, Ginger. It's nice to be here. And uh, today, I'll be talking a little bit about electric vehicles, sort of a 101 topic um, to kind of ease the listeners in. Yeah, good. Okay. Uh, so Jason is part of E3's energy storage team. And, you know, Jason, you're well-versed in EV from your from your time at APS. This will be a good topic. We're trying to do today is provide an intro to electric vehicles. Um, so why don't we just start with sort of a, probably everybody's favorite, like what kind of electric vehicle types are there? So with, with electric vehicles, you kind of split it into light duty and heavy duty. Light duty would consist of, you know, to your typical cars, your Teslas, and uh, commercial vans. You know, sort of that last mile Amazon. Um, you'll see a company called Rivian really working closely with Amazon to get that package delivered to your house. Um, heavy duty would consist of, you know, things like semis, trailers, which is also something Tesla is working on. So those are the kind of two vehicle types that are uh, split up. Right. And so I think, you know, probably most people think of, you know, your, your Teslas, right? Your, you know, I don't know what you want to call it, your light duty, like you said, the sort of your residential mm -hmm. personal vehicles. Um, but there's a lot of work being done on the, the long haulers and the, the big rigs as well. Something else that's interesting that I thought I'd just stick in here is that, you know, we also see the, the commercial and long haul ve vehicles on the hydrogen side as well. So I think there's, you know, mm -hmm. some parallel paths that are running here too. So, um, so, okay. So we've got, a, we, you know, we, we, uh, bought our Tesla. Now we've got to charge it. Can you kind of talk a little bit about, you know, charging and charging levels and how, how to go about that? Maybe even the difference between AC and, uh, versus DC. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll definitely start out with AC versus DC. So AC is alternating current, and I just describe it as it's the regular electricity you have in buildings in your house. DC is the electricity that's used in your electronics and also the batteries that are within those electronics and your cars, as electric cars as well. And also it drives the motors within the electric cars. And so you have to kind of, when you're charging your vehicle, typically you're converting your AC to DC, but there's a exception that I'll kind of talk about in a bit. But what people refer to as level one charging is your typical 120 volt. You plug into an outlet and it's charging your vehicle. Uh, the big downside is it takes a lot of time to charge your electric vehicle this way. You'll probably gain about 48 miles on 12 hours of charge. Um, which is, you know, takes a while to charge up. Um, you basically put it overnight and you're getting only 48, uh, 48 miles. Yeah, that kind of defeats okay. the purpose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what typically so, people will do. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying what else, what, what other, what are our other charging options? Because that doesn't sound that appealing. Mm -hmm. So what typically homeowners do is get what is level two charging. And this is the outlet that, it's typically used uh, for things like dryer, washer. Um, it's 240 volts around double uh, or 208, depending on you know where you're at and what built you know building. Level two will give you about 25 miles an hour. 
So within 12 hours of you charging, that can be accomplished by two hours. And what typically homeowners will do is if it's an older house, they'll put a new breaker in and they'll have that same plug as a washing machine and dryer uh, typically in the garage and they'll get something set up that way. And that is what typically what most EV owners will do, um, buy a charger um, and and uh, charge it overnight or whenever just sitting in the garage. Does that come with um, does that come with your car or is that something you have to like when you buy your car? Is that you have to do this separately, right? Like at your at your home, you have to have somebody come out and install this for on your behalf. It's not the chargers aren't specific to the vehicles. Yeah, it's typically something that you'll have to hire someone or if your home is a newer build, it'll be more of a plug and play. Uh-huh. And, tip, you know, there are branded chargers for each car, but it is generally separate. So for Tesla, it's mm-hmm. kind of like an Apple ecosystem. Um, you'll have a, your specific Tesla chargers, although you can go third party, but people, you mm-hmm. know, prefer to stay in the same environment. Are, are those our only two options or is there something else? So the third option is uh, DC fast charging. And this kind of is a large range um, everywhere. And some DC fast charging is also known as, you know, level three charging. And this can go from 480 volts to higher. Uh, typically, you won't, you won't see DC fast charging in a home. It'll most likely be uh, when you're in the middle of point A to B. The best known DC fast charging network is uh, Tesla's supercharger network. And why they use DC direct current, um, as I stated before, the type of electricity that is used in your batteries and motors is that you don't need to convert between AC to DC um, or DC to AC, and you don't have that converter as a, as a limit there. And mm-hmm. so with that, you know, there's a higher efficiency um, you can get about 180 miles an hour with a Tesla. It takes about 32 minutes to charge up to 80%. Um, and then, but that last 20% from 80 to 100 takes about uh, the same amount of time. So typically what people will do is when they're low, they'll ch- charge up at a station, you know, 15, 30 minutes, and then they'll be good to go up to 80% charge. Interesting. And those are the those are the stations we see at like the mall or, you know, like you said, mm-hmm. um, they're also the, the stations that you see when you're, you know, potentially at like a, a fueling station. So um, a, a few members of the E3 team attended the S&P project financing uh, forum in New York and FPNL was there and they were talking about their um, new like they're, they're working on charging pavilions which I thought looked like a really neat idea and a really cool concept. It's not your, you know, they have, they have the charging stations, but then they have picnic tables and playgrounds and things to do, uh, you know, obviously places to get food. And so I thought that was a pretty neat, uh, neat concept and looked uh, interesting and, and appealing um, as somebody that would be interested in the, an EV. There's lots of, uh, I think there's a lot of innovation going on around EV and the, the charging stations and how they're going to go about doing that. And that's certainly, I think that's going to be a topic for a future podcast for us is talking about EV infrastructure and, and how that, uh, how that'll work. But for the, for this podcast, um, what are there other charging levels or it's, it's one through three typically? Uh, 
the one through three is sort of a guideline, especially with the DC fast charging. And you do have different networks besides Tesla's. Uh, the supercharger network is, is uh, DC fast charging. Uh, one of the efforts within the United States, especially with uh, Biden, is to create a supercharger network. Um, typically, if you go to malls and things like that, it'll just be level two. And that kind of goes into the infrastructure that it requires a lot of up network upgrades to get that DC fast charging um, at a mm-hmm. location. You know, a lot of costly upgrades like new cables, new transformer. Um, this was something. This is something we'll get into in a later podcast. But it's a it's a big conundrum within the industry. Well, good. Well, so what about just the EV market? Do you have any like just kind of high level insights on just the market itself? Man, the the market is just really exploding. Um, they they've really uh, they've adjusted. A lot of the market has adjusted from. I think they mentioned 20 million vehicles by 2032, almost 36 million. I think that was like in the last year or so, which is comprises about 10% of all light duty vehicles in the United States. So by 2030, it'll be about 10%. And so especially in, even in other countries, especially China, they've really made the transition to electric vehicles very quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. We are sort of on the cusp of where early adopters and mainstream adopters are really getting onto the electric vehicle train, um, especially since you know mm-hmm. gas prices have been on the rise. You know people are working from home. Uh, for the foreseeable future, we're going to see uh, a very large increase in electric vehicles on the road. Yeah. What about so? What about the heavy duty? Um, you know, is that is you know is the is the market as hot for heavy duty as it is for the light duty? So with along with heavy duty, there's a lot more constriction. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there you have that issue where you need to get some uh, some goods from A to B very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. And as we've kind of discussed, it takes about you know 30 minutes for a regular car to charge up to 80 percent. So you have kind of this conundrum where you know you need this vehicle or half semi to charge real fast, but it's going to take you know 15, 30 minutes um, or even longer. Um, it's not like a gasoline fill-up. And so there's a lot of competing technologies such as hydrogen, which is, works very similar to gas in many ways, um, but way cleaner. Uh, the only thing that comes out of the tailpipe is water. And so that's one of the competing technologies there. It's not as quite developed, but there's a lot of experimentation going on in the West Coast. Um, they're trying to create a semi-heavy-duty uh, corridor along the Western mm-hmm. Coast. I met uh, a woman at the same conference that I referenced earlier. I actually met a woman there who worked for, I want to say it's Forum. Um, and they are working on, you know, uh, providing vehicles in that, for that kind of, uh, what do you call it, corridor there out in, on, on the West Coast. I think it's really interesting. And she was fascinating to, to talk to. You. So um, there's a lot of people looking at it. I think it's an exciting time for that. Okay, good. All right. Well, Jason, do you, you know, this top three by E3, do you have uh, three takeaways that you'd like to give our, uh, our listeners? I think the top three takeaways is number one, EVs are coming and so is the charging infrastructure. And there's going to be a lot of opportunities for us to improve on that. Um, number two, I would say as a part of that infrastructure, there's going to be a lot of uh, new ideas and innovations coming in that we'll have to adopt to keep up with the industry. And number three, I think really 
EVs and what it does for the United States and our local hometowns is going to be really a big benefit to air quality and sound and our neighbor local neighborhoods. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, thanks, Jason, for your work here. And to our listeners, you know, thank you for joining E3's uh, discussion on EVs. If you have any questions for Jason or any, you know, suggested future topics for our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. So uh, please feel free to reach out to us uh, by email at E3CO at E3CO.com. Otherwise, we this is the first in a series. We do plan to continue to discuss um, EV on future podcasts. And so we look forward to... uh, to doing more. Uh, Jason, thank you again. Appreciate your time. Thank you.